This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan on a victory Tuesday. We bring to you Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Well, we appreciate you coming on with us as always. Can you describe to us some, any of the the emotions that go through you throughout an utter tail kicking of the Buccaneers? Well, I can just tell you this, you never, you know, especially uh, it reminds you after watching the games this weekend, you never can have a big enough lead, and especially against a player like Tom Brady, uh, you really never really rest at peace until uh, uh, probably about uh, halfway through that fourth quarter when uh, we went for it on fourth and three and hit CD, you finally were getting a little oxygen, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, playoff football, nothing's bigger, nothing's better. Uh, it's winter, go home, and uh, we all knew what we were up against there, playing one of the greatest uh, quarterbacks of all time, uh, probably the greatest quarterback of all time, and knew we were going to have our hands full, but our guys just, uh, uh, you know, they were great in all phases. I mean, uh, uh, obviously Dak uh, played at a huge uh, level, uh, you know, got off to a little slow start there in the first two drives, but the rest was history, and then thought the defense was just outstanding and obviously had a, uh, had a few hiccups there with our, our, our extra points. But uh, other than that, I thought we played really well on special teams and uh, it's just a great performance. But uh, certainly uh, we enjoyed that last night and now it's in the rearview mirror and it's uh, on to, uh, you know, San Francisco, which obviously is, uh, you know, playing at a high level uh, themselves. I think they got the biggest winning streak in football right now. And uh, just look forward to the challenge and hopefully having another great week of practice and going from there. Steven, for I think for a lot of the fans out there and for us too, you know, we, we've grown up as fans. We've been here our whole yeah. lives. The There is a sense of relief for Dak or a sense of relief for Mike McCarthy, a, a kind of a sense of relief for the organization to, to have that kind of moment. Did you have that feeling of whew, last night after it was all said and done? Was there a sense of relief for you that you got a win? Uh, you know, I, I just think you uh, call it what it is. I mean, anytime you win a playoff football game, it's huge. I mean, I know uh, it's been a while since we've won uh, a while, a long, long time since we've won one on the road. Uh, I think it goes back almost 30 years ago against the 49ers. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, anytime you win a playoff game, it's just a, a big deal. And, uh, you know, all the intensity, all the work leading up to it, uh, uh, certainly plays into it, but to come away with a big win and uh, be able to, uh, you know, take the next step. And uh, we head out to San Francisco now and certainly, uh, you know, played one of our better games of the year and uh, ready to continue to respond. Now, when you're talking about best game of the year or one of the better games of the year, we were talking about given the stakes and everything, do you look at this performance by Dak Prescott, I know there's more to go, but at this moment, did that feel like perhaps Dak Prescott's finest hour? 
Well, he's certainly one of his best. I mean, you don't, you don't get a bigger stage than that. As I said, playoff football on the road against probably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, you know, it, it's a, a huge performance. And uh, he was uh, pretty much flawless in, in terms of his play last night. And, you know, his leadership's always to the nines. Uh, you know, he's a big reason, I think, why uh, we had such a great practice, great practices all week, offense, defense, uh, you know, really had uh, had their best week. And, uh, you know, the big thing is now, uh, you know, is to follow it up. And certainly I know Dak and our leadership on our football team will lead the way. Coach McCarthy, obviously, with his staff, will, uh, I know, get our team prepared. And uh, this is why why you do it. It's going to be a huge game. Obviously, the uh, Cowboy 49er rivalry goes way back in terms of uh, <clears throat> some of the huge playoff games that uh, – uh, we played, and uh, we've gotten our share of them. They've gotten their share of them. But uh, this will be, a, 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 you know, as big as it gets. And and, and uh, we just look forward to the challenge. I, I know it, it, you've told us this. It is difficult the day after. I'm curious, just general feeling, or if you have any specifics about, you know, Curse, Peters, maybe even Armstrong in terms of health going forward. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, obviously we got in uh, wee hours of the morning uh, this morning and uh, uh, hadn't really gotten a great feel for anything yet. But uh, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully those guys are going to make a fast recovery and be ready for the 49ers. This morning when Jerry was on, he shared a story about Micah leaving a baseball bat in all the lockers and then leaving one on his desk as well. And it said, "Bring the wood." And I was just kind of curious: Did you happen to get a baseball bat, also, or were like was there one on your desk? Yes, absolutely. And uh, you know, that's uh, some unique things about Dan Quinn and what he does, and uh, you know, in terms of motivating uh, uh, you know his group and uh, what he's all about. But uh, you know, I do think uh, uh, you know certainly uh, unique and in, uh, in terms of. Uh, the gift, and uh, uh, I think uh, the guys responded well. Do you have a go-to item that you would hit with that bat if you were angry? <laughs> usually, usually the media. Is, uh... <laughs> well, That's very fair. If we're going to dish it out, we better be able to take it. I, I hear you. I do. Yep, probably so. I'd light a few of them up every now and then and uh, uh, take that bat to them. But, no, in all seriousness, uh uh, it's just a, you know, to me, it, you know, of course, represents uh, uh, what uh, what Coach Quinn wants out of our defense, and uh, certainly uh, uh, they brought it last night and uh, in a big way and, and, and played at a high level, and uh, uh, we just got to continue to do that now. There was a point last night, Stephen, when the I mean they had scored already, and then they got another opportunity, and they went tempo, and it was up tempo football. And I was kind of curious: was that something that maybe Kellen had noticed? Oh, they got this specific package. I want to I want to make sure we push that, or is that just something that the Cowboys like to do to take advantage of a specific time of the game? Yeah, I think it's just something that Kellen uh, likes. We get in a rhythm. Uh, if we're executing, we get that first down. You get in a rhythm, and and you and you roll. And uh, I think it's something that uh, Dak enjoys. He's able to uh, obviously do a lot of the work from a line of scrimmage when you don't huddle there. Uh, uh, you keep the other team from being able to uh, 
uh, substitute if you keep your guys in there. And it's something that's been effective for us. Uh, but I do think it uh, does help your offense uh, uh, get in rhythm and execute. Now, you, you mentioned there was a couple of hiccups here and there. I think the biggest one is going back with Brett Maher is what will be the protocols for the week and will you guys bring in competition? How will that go? Oh, we'll just uh, obviously evaluate his situation. Won't make any comments on it right now, but uh, uh, certainly all know that uh, hadn't been, uh, you know, typical uh, of his performances uh, this year. He's been a great kicker for us and fully expect him to respond and rebound and, and uh, make his kicks going forward. Tony Pollard last night, I think it was the like the second drive. Like They kind of felt each other out, but it seemed like Tony Pollard, he had that big 18-yard run. It seemed like he came re- really to play last night, had that kind of look about him, and he got a lot of the touches. Was that, that didn't, I'm kind of trying to figure out what that says about the relationship with him and Zeke and where the running game is. Is it Tony's running game right now? No, I just think it's, uh, you know, a little bit who's got the hot hand, a little bit who's uh... – you know, the scheme and, 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 our, and our game plan. And, you know, those guys just are a great tandem. And there's, a, I'm sure as we move forward, who knows, against the 49ers, uh, uh, it could be reversed. So uh, it's just great to have two, uh, you know, great backs like that that compete, uh, you know, that root for one another and, and just want to win football games. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. And, uh, certainly, uh, Tony was having a great night last night and uh, uh, played well. And Zeke dished out his uh, share of uh, physicality on him as well. And I think, uh, you know, that uh, that type of, uh, you know, change up uh, is really good, can be really good for your running game. And certainly it was last night. You know, the, the tight end position, Stephen, y'all have some depth there. And we've talked about it, you know, a, a lot this season because it's been successful even in the depth part. But there, Dalton Schultz is open for touchdowns. He he and Dak have such a special connection. Do do we kind of sometimes take Dalton Schultz for granted because he's had a pretty good season too? Yeah, I mean he really has. He's always been steady, uh, as you said. I think Dak has a lot of confidence, uh, not unlike uh, uh, Romo and Witten had uh, in their day, and to some degree, Dak and Witten. Uh, you know, Dalton's so dependable. Uh, you know, he's, uh, I think he has a ton of, Dak has a ton of confidence that he's going to be where uh, he wants him to be and certainly, uh, uh, you know, can make the play. So, uh, you know, he had a big night last night for us, an integral part of us uh, uh, moving the football like we did. And uh, just a guy I know Dak uh, can depend on and uh, doing a great job for us this year. As long as we're talking about potentially underappreciated players, can I go ahead and throw LVE out into that mix as well? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it just felt like uh, having his presence back out there, his leadership, uh, what he does from a physicality standpoint, from that linebacker spot, uh, I, I just think he, he brings a, a lot more to the table. And as you said, probably a little underappreciated in terms of, uh, you know, our, you know what our fans uh, – I think of him, and uh, he's just been a uh, done a great job for us this year. So when it comes to your next opponent, Brock Purdy has been outstanding as a rookie quarterback. I'm wondering, does he remind you all of 2016 Dak Prescott? 
Yeah, I mean, you got hats off to the guy. He's just winning football games, and that's exactly what Dak did. I mean, the name of the game in this league is win. And uh, uh, certainly Dak stepped in for Tony then, and all he did was win football games for us. And uh, coming as a middle-round pick, you know, I think, uh, you know, one thing about Dak, uh, you know, in terms of pedigree, I do think Dak would have gone higher, but he had, a, you know, a, a little off-field thing uh during the draft, and uh, which probably hurt him some, or I think Dak would have gone even higher. But this, you know, your hats off to uh, what the 49ers are doing and uh, uh, what they're accomplishing, you know, with a guy who I think was the last pick in the draft and uh, certainly playing at a high level. But uh, I know we'll, uh, I know Dan will have a great game plan for him, and hopefully we can, uh, uh, you know, cause some roadblocks there in terms of uh, uh, his progress as a pro. You know, Stephen, last night I was I was kind of paying attention. I think it was a fourth and three, and Tampa Bay decided to punt. And I was like, man, that was kind of conservative there. And the Cowboys last night had two what I thought was were significant risky moments that turned out successful. Actually, both of them were touchdowns uh, for the team. And I, when Mike McCarthy's been risk, a risk taker uh, since he got here, do you think the way he treats, you know, being that way all the time, even in regular season – like there's some sort of payoff in the playoffs whenever it comes that time that these guys know, Hey, we're going for this. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just shows Mike just shows his confidence and Kellen and the offense and what we can do. And, you know, I must say you look around the league and you see it all, all around the league in terms of uh, uh, more and more people going for it on fourth down, obviously uh, analytics play a role in this. Uh, you know, all head coaches now are aware of, uh, you know, aware of what those uh, analytics are and what your chances are and what the payoff is. And, you know, Mike's always cutting edge in terms of, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of those areas and, uh, you know, doing a great job. <laughs> but I think it also shows the confidence uh, he has in our offense and Kellen and our uh, personnel. Don't worry, Stephen. I was so excited about the win. I had a coughing fit to begin the show as well. So I feel you. And as soon as you coughed, everyone in the room pointed at me. So I I understand. Now, I know you guys are focused on San Francisco. Just the last thing I was curious about, if this is the end, what would it mean to know that potentially the Dallas Cowboys retired Tom Brady? Well, uh, certainly uh, it, it would uh... – uh, I'm just glad we got him once. Mm -hmm. I think he was undefeated coming in here and glad we finally uh, can put that on our resume that we got uh, probably arguably the greatest uh, uh, player of all time in terms of Tom Brady and what he's accomplished. But uh, uh, I'm sure there's a lot more things that go into that loss last night that uh, are going to go into his decision-making, his career, what an amazing career, what an amazing man he is. And uh, I'm sure uh, – you know, he'll, he'll give this as he does everything that he does. The, uh, you know, he'll, he'll take a, uh, a lot of time to decide what he wants to do, I'm sure, and wish him nothing but the best. Steven, I have a trivia question here for you to oh. kind of end this. The last time the Cowboys won a road playoff game was 1992 until this uh, last night. Do you know who finished second in the MVP voting in 1992? Your hint is... He's a former teammate of yours. Oh, wow. Um, I should be able to get that then. Second in the MVP. Second Ooh. in MVP in the NFL, and he's a former teammate of yours. Oh, man. 
Boy, I'm at a loss. I'll That's give you a hint. He that. ran for 1,690 yards that year. Now it gives you the position. And what year was it? 1992. 1992. Was it, it? I guess it wasn't McFadden, was it? Well, I think you're older than McFadden, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just thought maybe you were confused. It's, no, it's I'm so young. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Barry Foster. Unbelievable. I should get that because Barry's a great back and uh, play, made a lot of great plays for us at Arkansas. And what a great pro. Good for him. There's there a trivia go. day. And we might have insulted. He's very young looking. All right, Mike. Yeah. So you be nice. Thank you very much, Stephen. We appreciate the time as always. And we'll catch up with you next week. Great being on, guys. Take care. There you go. Stephen Jones. He's right also going to hop on through Friday with G-Bag. That sure. is yeah. correct. Yeah. Do you know what high school Barry Foster went to? You know what? I'm going to take a shot in the dark because of this. Is it Duncanville? It is. Can you oh believe my gosh. that? That's, you that's had the only know. reason, yeah, the only for reason sure. I brought that up. <laughs> only reason he brought that up. Was well, he good the rest of his career? I don't know. He, the, he, he made know. the Pro Bowl the next year. He played year. for the Steelers. You're you know, a huge Steelers for some fan. reason, I don't. he must have got hurt. At, I'm after, a huge Steelers yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you not know this? This is when your heyday of being a Steelers fan. <laughs> he after was teammates 20, with me. He didn't know. After 26 years old, he retired. So he had to get hurt. Oh, wow. Right? So he played from age 22 to 26. And at age 24, he finished second in MVP voting. Jeez. I had no clue crazy. about that. Right ahead of Emmett Smith. Like yeah. it, it was Steve Young, Foster, then Emmett, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, because that's the company you think of. Is yeah, Steve <laughs> Young, Evan Smith, Barry Foster. Barry Foster. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next. Let's have Barry Foster on. Sure. Let's do that. From what you cooked to what you wore to where you sat, what did you do last night to make sure the Cowboys won? 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here on the fan. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Fournette now moves to his left. Fournette goes in motion. Brady back to throw. All day. Now hit. Now sack. Back at the 10. Big Hank. Jonathan Hankins got through for the first sack of the night on Tom Brady. Awesome stuff right there. The Dallas Cowboys are victorious 31-14 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card round. Next up, San Francisco, which once again you can hear Sunday right here on 105.3 The Fans. So my question, let's have a little fun with this. From what you cooked to what you wore to where you sat, what did you do to make sure the Cowboys won last night? I want to throw this out while people are sending in their answers. Do you want to hear, or may I please tell you about an incredible parlay involving just this Cowboys-Bucks game? Yeah, you set it up. Just go ahead and say it. <laughs> oh, my You God. may. That is so yes, Kevin. impressive. Yes. The yeah. Mother May I game? Is Dak Prescott. Fair. 
They made a same-day five-tier parlay with $150. Dak Prescott, and they took, like, all the not lines, but the alternative lines. So they, like, pushed it, all right? Dak Prescott, 300-plus yards passing. Hit. He had 305 yards passing. Dak Prescott, more than 15.5 yards rushing. Hit. 24 yards. Are we playing Battleship? Yes, if you're Vegas. Dallas Cowboys have to win by at least five and a half points. Hit. T.Y. Hilton Walk. has to have at least 21 and a half yards receiving. Dude, he did. He had 23 yards. I'll take an L on that. He can still play. He had two catches, 23 yards. Something. Yeah, for sure. Ezekiel Elliott under 50 and a half yards rushing. He only had 27 yards. And the last one, Dalton Schultz, 80-plus yards receiving. He had 95 yards. For this $150 bet, this fan won $51,300. Dang. Is he a Cowboys fan? You know he's a Cowboys fan? I... Or he's just really smart better on the Cowboys? You know what? That, I like to think it's the first one, but you might okay. be right. They might just be an astute better of the Cowboys. Can I ask the one that was kind of a negative bet that he won that Zeke wouldn't have a, yeah. a good game? Are you on short yardage plays? And I get Tony Pollard cannot run the ball 25 to 30 times. I get it. We, But is Zeke better on third and one or fourth and one? Did he get him? I think, I mean, well, last night he got the, that there was a third and one, I remember. I guess on the, there are two goal line stops, and I'm not saying it was his fault. The, it wasn't blocked that well. Yeah, that, but the I just, blocking on one of them was. What does he do better than Tony Pollard? Um, he brings the physicality. That's, you know, it's interesting because Steven said, like, Tony Pollard was so good, and he was like, and Zeke brought the physicality. By the way, one more thing, because I heard Jerry this morning, neither one of them. Like, they both left some wiggle room for it not to be Maher. Because at first he was like, we're not going to comment on that. But Maher's been really good this year. Like, they'll comment on their guys. See, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I, I know he had a very bad game. And any of the dudes on that team could have a bad game, too. And it's going to be very, very costly. And I I bet during the game and even right after the game, that all those guys were ticked off. But I do wonder if they're like, man, that dude's been really nails for us all season long. We got to figure out how to give him that opportunity to be that guy again. I, I do like that's that's just the way I am with it. But it could be it definitely could cost you. But I guess it just Mike, feels like they're not part of the team in a weird yeah. way. The punter and kicker aren't really part of the team. So as much as I do think you're bringing up a great point is when you're part of the team or part of the family. I just don't know how much punters and kickers are because they don't really practice yeah. with the team. But it, you remember, dude, we when we were in uh, in camp, we were standing there almost getting nailed by balls that were missing. You know, we were just yeah. like, what? We saw that one lady get hit in the face back there. Yeah. And we were Ooh. like, this is a story. Well, yeah. And then it and became a huge phone. story. And then it was nothing to worry about all year. Yeah. From the 214, oddly enough, I'm not superstitious, but my wife pointed out that I stood the entire game while talking to the television. Talking, I like that. So maybe a little stitches. Yeah. Is there what, are a lot of text, by the way. What dude. did you do to help the Cowboys win? From the 214, I wore only Cowboys colors. They said this included changing my underwear that had red and black in it. Gross. 
I just like as a color scheme. Happen? I think they meant oh, as a color scheme. Oh, okay, yeah. it's patterns. Gotcha. Yeah, as opposed to. Yeah, because otherwise that's concerned. I feel like you should have went to the. You're gonna be mad at me because doctor. I'm gonna go to my parents for the Sunday game. I was at home. Did you go to your what? No. What? No, he was at home. Remember, was, he told us yesterday because right. of the it's kids. Too, yeah, too late. And they did go to bed like late third quarter. They were. It was like this game's over. You guys can. Did go you to invite bed your there. parents to your house? Nope. Because like my mom cooking. She's assaulting everything, Kevin. More than being back in the NFC Championship game? Uh, I don't believe that where I watch it is going to change. <laughs> so, but I Famous last words. But I do understand the whole we're going to do the exact this, same Reggie, just thing. Just in case. But I'm not going to do the same thing. I'm actually going to go to my parents to watch it because it's a Sunday afternoon night game instead of a... Corey looks disgusted with I understand. You, Corey believes in the couch, the where you sit on the couch and everything. I mean... My wife has told Kevin, you might want to change your spot on the couch for Noah's sake. Yes. So he'll turn his head the other direction because he, that's, that's what my wife said is like, it looks like it was so crazy. His hair? Yeah. No. And is his head formation. Okay. She goes, it looks like he looks to the right a lot. And Jess goes, well, that makes sense because the way we sit on the couch, Kevin is always to the right and he wants to look at his daddy. Okay. And so, so we've, just switch spots. we've makes been sense. working on that. That's a lot of sense there. Uh, from the 817, made sure my living room was a zone of positivity. Ooh, no yeah. negative thoughts or comments. Violators were kicked out. That's from Rick. By the way, we will have that re-show itself in the C block. I, there's something I want to get to oh. uh, on that in the C block for sure. Okay. From the 817, first I watched Emmett and Aikman highlights, and then my wife and I both put on our respective Aikman and Emmett jerseys for the pregame. So they were ready. We dressed my we dressed Noah up in a Dallas Cowboys tracksuit and then had the football onesie on as well. Oh, he runs track? That's cool. <laughs> Not yet. He's still still working on it. to learn how to read first. Yeah. That's, Which that should be coming along pretty quickly based on your expectations. Yeah, we only got ten months left. Yeah. I'm shocked at how behind he seems to have fallen on that, but we're gonna work on it. The nine seven two watched from a bed and ate my victory meal. First food in four days. Cup of soup. Oh, oh here's sick. somebody yeah. uh, feeling better. Young Los 09 said got drunk at AT&T Stadium. I wonder how many of our listeners went out to the watching watch party. There were a lot of, like were a lot of people out there last yeah. night. Yes. Man. That was cool. That was cool to are see. Are they doing it again on Sunday? They got it right. It seemed huge. I'm not saying it they was like Come on, World Cup-esque, but when I saw that first crowd, the crowd the first time for one of those touchdowns, I thought, holy cow. Very crap ton of people there, and so good on them. From the two five four, I drank only Garrison Brothers whiskey. Which one? Ooh. I mean, it's it's a great option. Trust me, that's a fantastic option. Is there? Is there's there, certain levels. Is there a drinking pattern during the game? Like, what? Do, you, do you? So, like, do you only drink? Take a shot on a touchdown? Is well, it a first down? Is there, it a, there was a time where the the drinking pattern was. Just as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had a drink in a month, so I'm kind of on a roll right now. And so. you're dehydrated. No, not water. <laughs> like, not water. So, yeah, but that's a good option. You really right are there. Amelia Bedelia. Like, it has to be <laughs> to the letter of what somebody said. From the 806, I sat on the floor and gave pets to McCorgy. my good luck Corgi. And that's then, a dog, Kevin. Yes, I know. I don't have a corgi, but it seems like a fun dog. 
from the 817 had to wear the blue mica jersey to counter the jersey curse i feel like we talked about that last week to try to put some people at ease about maybe the jersey curse the is white that pants bad. are lucky undefeated in the playoffs Woo! white pants are undefeated we don't know what san francisco's wearing yet they usually wear red at home mm-hmm. right they wore red at home this week so the Cow- that worked out pretty so the cowboys well are going to have to go back to whites but not should they go should they white it out cuz the white pants are undefeated <sighs> i kind of like they the white they can't wear the navies obviously you can't wear two colored jerseys you know what they kind of reminded me of last night though in that that color that color scheme they had was it did look a little penn state you know the the mica white yeah, right. white pants with the blue i was like did they cater this to him kind of with the way he was trying to roll out there also, did Steven confirm that Dan Quinn handed out the bats and not Micah? I that is what it seemed like to me. Maybe he gave some of the bats to Micah and to go just distribute. Them, gotcha, gotcha. From the two five four, we were on the patio. We will be on the patio again this weekend. From the eight one seven, wore my Dak jersey and most importantly, did not bet on them. That is, I heard RJ saying something about that this morning. He was like, "You don't bet for or against your team." Like your home team or the team that you follow or love or anything like that. I so last night was weird. Um, the I had to cook dinner, at a, and it was Adrian's night to cook dinner. So it was kind of, and then she got mad because I hadn't started yet. So she went ahead and started cooking dinner, and I had to go to the grocery store to pick up some things. And I walked back in. I thought the game started later than it did. I walked back in at kickoff. And was like, oh, oh crap. I, and I was like, I got to, I was scrambling around and everything. I paused it for a minute. I was trying to get Lucy a bath and all these things. Here's going your peanut on butter and jelly. Yeah. Eat. I was like, holy crap. So I didn't do any of the typical stuff that I do, like, you know, cooking something, like smoking something on the smoker or anything. It was all scrambling and then just, okay, I guess I'm sitting here at the last minute and just started taking notes on the, on the laptop. It was very scrambly. Des Bryant was tweeting last night during the game. That's what he did to help us win. He said, my honest observation for tonight's game, obviously last night, it's going to be a good one. I'm pulling for the boys to win. No bet for me, but I will say this. If the Cowboys win tonight, they will be playing in the Super Bowl. Stamp that. So now Des Bryant has the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Des has a lot of Michael Irvin, Roger Staubach. You know what Michael Irvin said yesterday on the first uh, show that he's on? Um, Is it first take? I think that is correct. It's, people say that other thing. And you wanted to say first pizza? Something Cold like pizza. that. But he, he had Troy out there, and he's sitting there, and he says, I mean, I can't do the Michael Irvin impression, but he Why basically, because I because I just I don't do it right. Like, Choppy does a really good one. But he's like, listen, last time I looked, Dak Prescott scores 30 points a game, and Tom Brady's offense scores 16. And by my count, 30 outscores 16 every time. And I was like, yeah, so there you go. Michael Irvin. I know you have a lot of Michael Irvin and Des there. He was right, though, at least this time. Now, this is a question. It's not about helping people win, but I have an answer to it. From the 409, why does everyone think Maher is broken? He had one bad game. Dak has had multiple, and no one seriously tries out a replacement. All right. They don't. They've never played sports or been in important situations. This person talking. That, that sent that in. They don't understand. And because Dak has never been as bad as Maher was yesterday, Brett Maher was the first player to ever miss three extra points in a playoff game. And then he missed a fourth. And then according to Elias, Brett Maher is the only player in any NFL game 
at all since 1932 to miss four extra points in so, one game. To that person to try to help them out because they've never played or been with and somebody who's kind of different. Right. Yeah. Is I know the free throws are a little bit different, but back in the day, there was a guy named Nick Anderson for the Orlando Magic, and he missed yes. four free throws in a row. And he admits to this day it ruined him. He now says, that ruined me. Missing four free, only four free throws out of shooting thousands of free throws in NBA basketball games up to that point. In the NBA Finals, he had a chance to win game one and missed four free throws in a row. And he said, at that point, it ruined me the rest of my career. I didn't want the ball late in the game. I was scared of going to the free throw line. He never admitted it while he was playing the rest of his five or six years he played in the NBA, but just to give you an idea, the mental part of Rick Ankiel was considered the next Sandy Koufax. What Clayton Kershaw ended up being was what Rick Ankiel was supposed to be, and all it took was one pitch in a playoff game, not like a series of things. He was that good. He was going to be a Hall of Famer, and one pitch mentally effed him the rest of his career and he had to he ended up having a nice career as an outfielder which he he had to change positions to the outfield but like this is i'm not saying it will happen to mauer he could overcome it but what just happened man joe mauer i know he's mauer whatever oh my gosh this this ends up this can be one of those moments. Chuck Knobloch was an all-star second baseman. The 204, who was the second throw. baseman that had the yips? Yeah, <laughs> and Mike and Steve, Sa- right Steve there. Sachs was another one, too. Steve Sachs and Chuck. Oh, yeah, I both do Both of them were all-stars, that. and they both lost their ability to throw the ball to first base from second base. There's been moments. There's been a lot of pitchers besides just Rick Ankill that it just took one pitch, and for some reason, mentally, it ruined them for the rest of their lives. I'm not saying that'll happen to Mal Her. But it could. Still not right. Two things. One, do you do you think any kicker will ever break that playoff <laughs> no. record? No. And the, the coach will be like, nope, I don't think they'll tie to it. That's good let enough. Let alone break it. I I definitely don't. And I'm with Dak. At some point, I was like, go for F and two. The number and the second thing, Micah Parsons has tweeted, Kevin. Oh my gosh. I hope he said he had a down game. Inflation is a serious problem at supermarkets. Well. <laughs> I feel like it's gone up a lot over this last month, by the way. I, I feel like when a lot of people were talking about inflation, I was like, I don't see it so much yet. But when you're buying you eggs court? and orange juice and stuff, <laughs> you're like, hey, didn't it used to be like two bucks for eggs? Yeah, I like, know I think, eggs has caught people's. The, another thing about juice eggs was, was because of the avian flu. I like I that is a thing. It that was a movie it. with Charlie's Theron. Was that Eon Flux? Is that what you're going for? I don't know how you got it, dude. I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud that of you. That might have been the greatest or saddest moment of my broadcasting career. I knew Avion Flew, man, Eon Flux. I'm kind of ashamed of myself. I'm proud. And then on the Maher thing, how many people have you seen text in or tweet that either they had the over or under, and they're either super pleased or super angry. A lot at him. of people, yeah, a lot the of texts. The over under was 45 and a half. Final score 31 14. That's 45. You missed because of Maher or the Mahler, as do, Mike likes to I say. I do feel bad because after he missed his fourth one, I was like almost crying laughing. Okay, well, see, my wife was on the other end of the spectrum. Right. This was the most dramatic thing to her all night. Because were you mad? Like, did you? 
kick anything or no because we were dominating if okay. it was close right. i did think when it was 18 to nothing i was like hold on now we gotta go kick a field goal just to get back to where we should have been yeah and she goes i just feel so bad for him she said that again and again because they continually kept showing him and then the tv broadcast kind of screwed him over by like jump cutting to him finally making an extra point and he made it and jess goes I'm getting emotional. I think I might cry. She was so happy for him in that moment. It was the one after halftime where Adrian goes, she goes, oh, there it is. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. Because she was like, it looked like it was going, and then yeah. it hits the bar. You're yeah, like, oh, that bro. was tough. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. A lot more. We will try to get back to on this war. Stores? No, oh. not about the inflation thing. From the, uh, somebody oh, said Mike is going to use uh, inflation in his contract negotiations. That is not a bad idea. <laughs> it doesn't work here. Oh. Wore my Danny White autographed I mean, blue jersey from... Jeez, uh, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> from Swabby903. <laughs> All right, now it's time for Mike... Likes it where I pray we do not get back into inflation talk. Okay, let's talk about Dax inflated running numbers. Now, this is really okay. positive. Guys, were <laughs> you surprised early on in that game that Dak was taking off for positive yards? Yes. But they it seemed like smart runs. But no, I, no, was, I, I liked it I a lot. Surprised. I thought it was I thought it was shocking to Tampa Bay. They're like, I thought he would just dump that ball and not really like he saw it from five yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's like, I'm taking off. I'm getting 12 to 15 yards when he dove forward. And he did it a few other times. And I just thought, wow. I, I assume he's going to try that against San Francisco, too, that he was holding yeah. back during the regular season. But I thought, man, that was a big part of the game. And I'm sure San Francisco now today, Corey, is probably putting in their defensive game plan and philosophy Dak's a willing runner and will take off, and he's not just taking off because oh, he has to. Everybody's covered. He if he sees ten yards, he's taking off for ten yards come playoff time. So I'm looking. I'm just wanting to see how he ran this year. Okay, he did not have any yards against Detroit, but they also won twenty four to six. Like they dominated that yeah. game. He did not have any yards against Indianapolis, but they also dominated that game. He didn't have any yards. He had four yards against the Giants and six against Green Bay. For the most part, he was in that 20-yard range. He had a couple. He had 34 yards against Chicago and 41 against Philadelphia. I, w I agree with Kevin. I was not surprised as much as I was, man, those are good runs. That, like That's what it was. Was he, it, They were effective. He knew when he was going to do it. I guess the one thing that kind of caught me off was like the the option runs where he was like, "I'm going and oh and man, like those kind of did." One I was of like, those was a legit. On. It felt like I was watching Navy football yeah. or something the way they optioned and it. I, and I like that. I like that addition to the playbook. I, and one of the things I was telling Reggie and Kevin this morning, Mike, I don't know if you heard, they never seemed to run out of plays last night. It, there were always moments where I was like, okay, this is where they just shut it down and just hand it off to Zeke for the rest of the evening and hope we run the clock out and fingers crossed. But they seem to keep coming with something new or something that they had planned for this team that they wanted to get to. To your point, I wonder the five or six owners that might have been watching that game, because I don't think every owner is engaged, you know, in football. Okay. But they might be watching some playoff football here and there. I just wonder if a couple of teams that are looking for coaches are that, you know, they let their general manager or president handle those situations, but he's also maybe giving a call like, 
hey, this uh, Cowboys offensive coordinator seems to be getting a lot of praise for this playoff game. And you guys want to interview him at all? You know, and then the general manager president kind of says why or why not. But I just wonder if couple of owners are giving their general manager a call going hey do you want to interview it's an interesting point cowboy guys after last night's game uh okay not uh well i guess it's kind of a football question here just adding on to football questions is here are the spreads right now or at least i wrote them down 30 minutes ago the only one that's fluctuating from four to three and a half is the cowboys the cowboys right now are three and a half point underdogs do you guys see that as the right line I think maybe four and a half, four to four and a half would probably be where I would put it because that means on a neutral field, you have San Francisco as a one point better team. And I I think that feels about right. I I, I think San Francisco is better and they have home field advantage. So I would probably bump it up a little bit more like four and a half, maybe even five. I heard Choppy say last week, Kevin, that the old, is it three and a half? Three and a half. It's kind of changed. Like they are now going more towards four and a half for being at home. Wow. Then I think this number should be even higher. I think he's going less points at home, the way I heard Choppy talk about it. So you heard that too? That they're saying that it's not as home field advantage is not as big of an advantage. Yeah, it was two and a half. I'm sorry. Then I I get it. Then four makes Makes sense to me. I might still it's have now, it at four. It's at four. I just clicked on yeah. it again. It keeps going back and forth yeah. from three and a half to four. I might have it at four and a half, but that feels perfectly reasonable. Okay, so interesting to me there. The over-under in this game is 46 and a half, so I don't think they see a team really pushing Breaking, that 30-point yeah. yeah, score. Yeah, they yeah. see this one as a little bit more of a defensive game. Not a crazy defensive game, but more of a defensive game. So I wanted to go to the other Sunday game real quick and ask you guys uh, a football question here. Buffalo is favored by five points. Now, I'm going to give you my opinion, and then you guys talk about this. Buffalo, before DeMar Hamlin got hurt, looked like they were going to get run out of the building. And I know there was a lot of game left. There was five minutes left in the first quarter when that happened. But Cincinnati easily scored a touchdown. Now, Buffalo drove the ball down the field, got stopped in the red zone for a field goal. And then the Bengals looked like they were easily driving the ball down the field again until the unfortunate situation happened. I just find it interesting that Buffalo is favored by five points after the way that they played uh, on the weekend. And then you look at the Bengals. I know they did not have a great game against the Ravens either, but I'm just surprised that that's more not. I thought that'd be closer to a pick them game. Yeah. And see, I, I would have taken off. I I would have said it was even on a neutral field. I I would have had this one about in half. So Buffalo by about two and a half. Because I think the teams are very evenly matched, and obviously Buffalo has home field. I'll tell you the the gambling thing that I'm not a gambler, so when I tell these things, when I say, hey, do this or do that, I don't bet. I just look at stuff and go, man, I'll tell you what. I used to bet back in when I was about 20 years old. I bet quite a bit on football, and I didn't have really much money. I had money in the bank for my signing bonus, but I was making absolutely nothing playing baseball. And I lost like $700 betting on football because I thought I knew it all. And that really, luckily it was just $700, but that was a lot of money to me to like lose because I thought I knew football well. And so I just was like, that was the moment where I'm like, look, I'll bet with friends for 20 bucks or, you know, you're up and down a hundred bucks. Like, but I'm not really going to try to go find a bookie and do all the things that people do to bet on these games. To me, the easiest bet I see out of all the lines is the over-under the Bengals and Buffalo at 48. I think both teams get to 30 points. Okay. So I think the over-under 
should be more in the mid to high 50s. Now, I know that's probably too high of a number, and what they try to do is get even money. Yeah. But to me, I think there's going to be 60 points scored I mean, I wonder, in is, that game. Is the Kansas City, what's the over under for Kansas City Jags? I bet that's 53. Yeah, okay. So now, that makes sense. Saturday looks like, and look, the NFL intentionally does this. They don't want to put the best games on Saturday, they want to put the best games on Sunday sure. in the playoffs. So, the the one matchup, so the two teams that got a buy are playing on Saturday. Kansas City's favored by eight and a half, and Philadelphia's favored by seven and a half. Do you know? I do believe tomorrow on the show we will have one of the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Khan, on the show. Awesome. Uh, uh, I I'm very excited about that. I do think that those both of those games have blowout potential i know the chiefs have not been super awesome against the spread over the last couple of years but i could see some blowout potential there all right so just for you kevin i did read this morning that they are making a documentary through tom brady's uh company on this season and oh uh it's going to also correlate with that movie where the 80 year old women for brady yeah Yeah. this one's going to be called brady looks 80 Man, I Brady bought, ate a, a strawberry. I bought into all of that, and then I did not realize that you were just you know, it joking. Just happened. I just got snapped. Can you say it better? I can't. You absolutely yeah, can. I mean, I set you up. And <laughs> Come on, dude. It's the Cowboys won. Snip. There we go. Okay, now you say snip. No, That's he wants to have thing. another baby. <laughs> Um, all right, so my last thing, uh, and this isn't Mike likes it or dislikes it here, so I don't want people to take this wrong, but I've been having a lot of fun on the Twitch. There's a lot of people on Twitch. We're under 300, so I don't know where the other like 100 people went. What happened? We stinking it up? You didn't want to watch us on Twitch oh. anymore? What's going on? But there have been a few people that love Dak Prescott and, I mean, you know, think that he's a great quarterback, and yeah. I think he's a very good quarterback, but they're like, oh, you Dak haters, and Dak had a great game i just want the people that are in love with dak that think that he's kind of a future hall of fame quarterback and i hope he is because if he goes on a really nice run here and wins the super bowl i think he does put himself into like all of a sudden a conversation of maybe he could have a hall of fame career but remember what happened to dirk Nowitzki after leading the team to the nba finals and getting up 2-0 in the nba finals and then didn't have a good four game stretch Everybody crapped all over Dak. Yeah. Do you remember what happened last year to Jason Tatum? Oh, my gosh, He led that Boston Celtics team to the NBA Finals. Did not have a good NBA Finals. Everybody craps on Jason Tatum as he's not a top-five player, and he's fighting his way back into that conversation, and I think he's right in that conversation again. But Joe Burrow last year, Patrick Mahomes after losing his whole offensive line and playing against Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. I love that you love Dak. And I want Dak to win the Super Bowl. That would be great for a lot of reasons. But unfortunately, if you're a Dak lover, he has to keep having that game and keep winning the game. Because all it takes is a loss. And especially if you just play okay in the loss and not unbelievably great. Like last year, Josh Allen didn't get ridiculed for losing that game. It went to overtime. They lost the coin flip. He didn't get the ball. That's kind of one of the ways that it cannot be like everybody craps on Dak. I mean, again. it facilitated a rule change, yeah. so. Right, but in the end, I know I'm out of time here. Just if you're a Dak lover, great, love you. But unfortunately, this game doesn't change things. You can just look at the history of what happens to, to quarterbacks. If they don't win at all, 
then they get crapped on at the end of it. Uh, that's, I mean, he's absolutely right. We talked, we've done the the study on who gets in the Hall of Fame yep. and how that kind of defines yep. a lot of things. I mean, even with Rick Goslin's power poll recently, we had to vote on yeah. what guys have won a Super Bowl and still aren't in the Hall of Fame. And I, I, I totally agree with you, Mike, when you brought that up earlier. I kind of went against what you were saying, but now I, I listened to more of what you were saying there. You do kind of hope that he is hot for this stretch, that this is Eddie Belfour for this for the Stanley right. Cup, that for a, a month and a half, he's the best quarterback on the planet and nobody can stop him. And that's what it's going to take. And you say unfortunate. Don't you think Dak looks at it as a challenge that he's ready to take for sure. on? For sure. Oh, yeah. Like, you in the post game, and he's like, no, I do not you listen live to for these any things, outside man. You gotta information. live for these moments. Yeah. It's awesome. For the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, coming up next, it's Tom for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. A segment that Reggie has coined as the greatest producer ever. Oh. That's a weird name for a segment. Tweets from the game. Uh, is oh, that, was that what he called it? Oh, yes. Yeah, that sounds good. Next. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.